I have the impression that a lot of people um, don't trust uh, AI and don't value our process because maybe they don't fully understand it. So I would say, yeah, getting to know how machine learning and our technology work uh, could really help them uh, to get a better idea of the effectivity of the product. Uh, our overall impression is that the market continues to to adhere to new technologies and the challenge is a bit less important than it was first. Um, I think also, as I said, the pandemic uh, has forced uh, the art market to become a lot more digitally oriented, um, which means more receptive to new technologies as well. And, and I think it just takes time because we are the first artificial intelligence art authentication provider. So it takes time to gain visibility, trust and reputation, but we are getting there. And I mean, we are welcoming experts to ask us questions and yeah, we, we just want to explain them how it works. Welcome to Warfare of Art and Law the podcast that focuses on how justice does or doesn't play out when art and law overlap. Hi everyone, it's Stephanie, and that was Art Recognition's art law specialist, Lisa Salama. During our conversation, Ms. Salama shares how artificial intelligence takes the uncertainty and ego out of the authentication process, and she details the analysis used by Art Recognition the inspiration for this cutting-edge company, and how art recognition's use of unbiased data science is helping to create transparency in the art market. Lisa Salama, welcome to Warfare of Art and Law. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Would you describe your area of expertise and how you came to join art recognition? Uh, Yes, so I come from the legal world as I studied the uh, general Swiss law uh, as an undergraduate. And then I, I specialized in art law as I completed a um, master's degree in art market law and taxation. And before my studies in law school, uh, I studied a year in the art school of Geneva, as I am also a, a painter. So I've always had uh, an interest in arts and culture from the creative point of view, but also from the commercial and legal sides of uh, complexity, which is the international art markets. So I'm more specifically um, fascinated about fakes and forgeries. So this is why I wish to help uh, securing and increasing uh, transparency uh, on the art market especially in the authentication field, which uh, remains uh, one of the main risks of uh, art trading. And uh, as I am also very interested in discovering new cutting-edge technologies, uh, what better place to go than art recognition, a startup uh, doing AI art authentication. And there I am in charge of uh, overseeing the legal aspects of our business, And as a member of the sales team, I am also actively working in getting art market professionals on board with us to expand the use of our authentication tool across the world. Could you give an overview of how art recognition addresses forgeries, their analysis process? Yes, sure. So the way 
uh, we are working with uh, with an in-house developed artificial intelligence. So our uh, AI is based upon a deep uh, convolutional uh, neural network, which uh, mimics um, the human brain. So actually the network learns the main uh, features of an artist from uh, photographs of confirmed original artworks by that artist. And then the network is uh, able to recognize uh, those features on a new unlabeled artwork. So the, the most important feature that we use, uh, that the network uh, uses, is the brush stroke. But the artificial intelligence also learns from other features like the locations to distinguish object uh, structures from another, um, typical colors or high level elements of uh, composition. Um, at the end of the analysis, we can provide the clients a heat map uh, which depicts uh, in different colors the most imp important features which led to the network's decision. And so uh, our service is very simple to use because uh, it can be accessed worldwide. Um, the client just needs to just needs to upload uh, a photograph of their artwork on our website, and we never need to physically examine the work. So customers uh, can access this authentication service simply by sending a picture taken uh, with a last uh, generation smartphone. The, the photo, photo is then compared to our database of authenticated works, uh, which is gathered uh, from highly uh, reliable online and offline sources, uh, such as uh, catalog resumes and museum uh, databases. And within a few weeks, uh, the client receives a technical report containing the algorithm uh, assessments, like uh, is it authentic or not authentic, um, along with other information relevant to the analysis. And our tech team creates a heat map visualization of the analysis, showing uh, the hotspots uh, represented uh, in shades of red, uh, the areas that were of particular interest uh, within the image in the determination of the work's uh, authenticity. And actually, if you are curious to see how it looks like, uh, you can download the sample report uh, on our websites. I had seen uh, at least one of those sample reports. I think it was a Cezanne work, Boy in Red Vest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's such a great... Uh, just the report, reading it, it's so interesting and, and such a compelling analysis. And that one was confirmed as, is it 95% authentic? Authentic, yes. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I'd seen also where there are ones that uh, it was confirmed as a forgery. And the one that uh, I thought was really compelling was the Samson and Delilah the, by what we thought was Rubens at the National Gallery. How did you guys come to uh, analyze that piece? Uh, well, we so we trained uh, we trained our algorithm on uh, this artist, and then uh, we were able like just to upload the picture of uh, this specific painting, and uh, our network um, gave uh, gave us the result as uh, non authentic. <laughs> And and yet I was just checking this morning and, and definitely the National Gallery 
which I believe acquired it in 1980, is still listing it as a Rubens. So that's really quite an interesting little wrinkle there. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, in the end, it's, the, it's um, to the museum to decide uh, whether they want to trust uh, our service or not. So, I mean, we, uh, we gave uh, the results, but then, I mean, it's up to them to decide uh, whether they trust us or they trust the art expert or maybe their own art expert uh, who's uh, convinced uh, by the authenticity of this piece. You and the art recognition group, you collaborate with a university in Holland. Is that right? How does that work? Uh, yes, so we collaborated with the Tilburg uh, University, and now we are collab- collaborating with the Liverpool University. Um, so basically, usually we we have like uh, some uh, students uh, from there, like postgraduate uh, students, and they work uh, with us on developing like uh, new new potential products that we could add to our artificial intelligence. So like just. Um, maybe just improving the the process or like finding new things that we could um, uh, offer to our clients. So for example, now we are, the tech team is working on um, what we call an attribution process. So for for now, we are only capable of saying uh, if an artwork is from uh, one artist or not. So when a client uh, comes to us, we have to... Ask the client if he has he or she has a like um, suspected artist. Like we can tell you if it's a Van Gogh or, or if it's not a Van Gogh, but we are not able yet to say like it's a Van Gogh, even if you didn't came with didn't come with um, like an artist name. So we are working on this. So the uh, our goal would be to be able to authenticate a piece without even having a first guess. So this is, for example, um, something that our tech team is working on with the Liverpool University. The data set that you create uh, for each artist, I thought I had read something where, uh, say for Cezanne, that you also put in works that you knew were forgeries to compare or to educate the algorithm? Is that how it works? Yes, exactly. So um, to train uh, the algorithm, we have uh, a lot of pictures, a lot of uh, like uh, authentic pictures of that artist. And we need also some uh, fakes, some forgeries, um, because we really need the algorithm to, to, to learn um, like what differs between the authentic one and the forgery. So yeah, we have two like two files, if we can say uh, like this and one. So we show him, show, show the algorithm only like uh, authentic works and then only like forgeries. And, and then what, what we do is that we keep like um, a couple of um, authentic pieces, like, uh, that we know are, are authentic so that we can just check that the process is working. So we complete the training and then we uh, we are like doing a few tests with those uh, authentic images just to verify that it's working. 
the analysis, uh, I think it was in the sample report I'd read uh, that, uh, or somewhere on your site, I'd read that you can do analysis of paintings and drawings. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so is it uh, just that you'd mentioned the brushwork analysis. So that's got sort of like a unique fingerprint, would you say, for each artist that would also translate to the, the way they create a line that you can analyze their drawings as well. That's yeah. so impressive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's actually why we we are just able to do like uh, paintings and drawings. Um, for now, uh, we are not able to do like, I don't know, sculpt sculpture or installation let's say because we we really need to analyze this brush stroke which is uh, unique uh, in every artist yeah how does it work if uh work has been restored does that complicate the process uh yeah so if i mean it it depends on the work but if really the piece um has been like heavily restored then um our product won't work but what we can do and what we already did once, I think, um, is that we are able to tell you, um, I mean, in which part of the painting um, uh, the restoration has been done. Like, we are able to look at it and to see, like, okay, on the top right, um, we can see the brush stroke of the painter, but on the I don't know, the top left, we cannot see it. So maybe the restoration wasn't like this part of the painting. So that's also super useful for some uh, art experts to, to really know like which part is like uh, uh, original without any uh, modification. Yeah. What kind of legal issues are raised with the art authentication work that you're doing? Uh, yes. So um, until today, uh, there has never been a lawsuit filed against us, and we are not aware of any lawsuits being filed uh, against an auction house or any other institution who gave us the mandate to carry out an artificial intelligence authenticity evaluation for them. Um, we also never had any client who used our certificate in any kind of lawsuit yet. And I think actually the technology is so new and completely different than anything else on the market um, so that the law hasn't yet had the opportunity to embrace it. So as far, of to, as far for today, we cannot say for sure how a court would receive um, an artificial intelligence authentication certificate. But yes, I think definitely the use of uh, AI for art uh, raises some legal questions. Um, like, I don't know, we could imagine an individual uh, suing an expert who relied on, a, on an incorrect um, AI report. But we could also imagine the other case, like uh, an expert who completely uh, ignores uh, an AI report. So um, I really think we've with time everything is going to move and evolve and also the pandemic proved us the the crucial need for efficient digital products so 
in our case, we are still at the beginning of the use of uh, AI in arts. So I think we need to be patient to see how the arts and legal world uh, will deal with, with and welcome the technology. But yeah, I definitely think that we can expect some interesting litigation in the next few years. And I wonder, too, for something like uh, in the event, a work in the data set that was assumed to be authentic later is proven to be a forgery. Uh, you would take that and going forward, change the data set, but it would perhaps impact prior authentication reports. Um yeah, so, well, that's a risk um, existing, I mean. We cannot uh, be, uh, like, I don't know, 200% sure about the works that we put in. But we have a very strong due diligence process. Uh, we are actually working with an art historian, and she's, like, checking every every work that we put uh, in the data set. So we are like very careful, and as I said, we are only taking from very reliable sources, such as catalog resumes and museum databases. Um, obviously, the the risk the the risk zero doesn't exist, and um, uh, I mean we are just as the experts. Uh, uh, we can make uh, mistakes as well, but actually we we checked um, our algorithm and even if we have a few uh, forgeries in the data set, the data set is so big that it doesn't really impact um, our results. I mean, if obviously if like 80% of the database is uh, considered to be forgeries, yes, but if we have like, I don't know, a few forgeries... Um, it doesn't really impact our, our results, especially because we give um, like a probability of uh, authenticity. So, I mean, maybe it will just impact the, the percentage. Um, what is the average number of works you need in a data set for the DCNN to create a, an analysis? Uh, so we need at least a uh, hundred pictures uh, by artists, but that's really like the the, the least. Uh, we always try to have more, like uh, at least between uh, in between like two hundred and three hundred uh, pictures by artists, because then I mean it it maybe it doesn't seem a lot, but actually um, what we are doing is that we are like taking the images and then like. Uh, cutting them in several um, patches and then like zooming in. So in the end, uh, we have a lot, lot of data um, coming from those uh, 100 pictures. And how do you see the AI complementing other authentication methods that have been used? So uh, what's very important for, for us to remember is that uh, our product is not meant to re replace uh, art experts because we are uh, well aware that it would not even be possible to replace their experience. Um, but we really see our service um, to meant to support and complement their work in a completely uh, neutral and objective way. So uh, auction houses, galleries, collectors can use our um, AI as a quick and efficient initial filter with little efforts and minimal costs. 
um, because we know for sure that uh, our AI does have advantages as compared to traditional authentication methods because it is uh, very accessible, it's fast, um, you, you need no transport, no insurance for your, for your artwork, it's cost-effective, but it's also objective. And really, in our opinion, the objectivity is one of our most um, important assets because we are looking at a market that is still dominated by subjectivity. And as you, I'm sure you know, there are legal battles that span over deca decades uh, because uh, experts disagree with each other. So I think that with that in mind, our AI can help in making the authentication process more transparent and, and less biased. So we really see our service as complementary, effective, and advantageous tool that can add to rather than replace existing methods and really becoming a fourth pillar of of authentication alongside alongside connoisseurship, provenance study, and chemical material analysis. The the term unsupervised deep learning speaks to that transparency because there is no human programming involved in this. Yes, exactly. So really the I mean we are putting the data in in the algorithm, but then um, the decision is uh, made uh, completely uh, by the computer. So we are not uh, involved in any way. For artists, when they had an apprentice finish their work, how does that add a layer of complication to an analysis? Yeah, so for we have a lot of those artists and this is, um, this is why uh, it's really important for us to work with an art historian because she's uh, checking everything and checking like the, um, the artist's life to, so that we can know um, if, um, if some other painters are involved or not. And then um, we are actually, if we have enough data from that painter, from the main uh, painter, we can then um, see on which parts of the painting uh, the main painter uh, worked and on which parts uh, probably it was the student. So we can separate the, yeah, the brush strokes from them. It's not a problem for us if an artist ha had uh, like several periods in enough data for every period. And if, I mean, if the style is very different, between one and another, we just like separate the, um, the data to train the algorithm like separately on each period. Something like graffiti, that would be something that probably wouldn't be addressed with, uh, with your analysis. Yes, exactly. So um, we cannot do it. Um, we cannot uh, authenticate uh, graffitis. Um, we know that it's a big uh, issue on the art market, but for now, our product is not uh, able to to verify uh, those artworks. What's the range of clients that you have served so far? Um, so we have a lot of private collectors. Uh, I would say this is uh, our main uh, public. But we also have some Swiss uh, auction houses coming to us. 
um, before having some sales. Um, yeah, and we have also some art experts um, coming to us to verify uh, their impression. But I would say it's mostly private collectors. Is it over 500 uh, analysis reports? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Is there an app that's already created that people can access, or is that coming? Um, no, we actually didn't think about an app. Um, for now, the way it works is that the, the client um, just contact us by email or like uh, on our website directly, and then we directly deal with them. So maybe maybe in the future, uh, we could imagine having an app. Um, I mean, the, the company is quite uh, young because it was created in uh, 2019. So yeah, let's see maybe in the future. And would you describe a bit about what prompted Dr. Popovici to co-create this company? Uh, yeah, so um, uh, yeah, Ka Karina Popovici, uh, the art recognition CEO, um, is a doctor in physics and she created art recognition uh, with Christian Hope, um, who is a doctor in mathematics. So they don't come um, from the art world at the beginning. Uh, and actually, they, I think they met uh, working together at a bank. And they were like talking with a friend of uh, theirs um, and the friend told them about like the uh, the rate of uh, forgeries uh, on the art market. And they were super surprised uh, to, to know uh, that it was over like 50% of the artworks um, uh, which are forgeries. And they were like, okay, why didn't we uh, have a, a program uh, to, to find them. So that's why uh, Karina created the program herself. And yeah, it sort of uh, uh, began that way. But uh, they were interested in arts, uh, both of them like on a personal uh, uh, side. But uh, yeah, it started uh, three years ago uh, like this. How would you describe the work that art recognition is doing as facilitating justice in the art market? We really see our work uh, contributing to the art market transparency by feeling the need for security and confidence in the art market um, in the aim of preserving our own cultural heritage. Um, modern technology these last years has dra dramatically simplified and um, procedures for art recognition, both when it comes to speed as well as costs. And yeah, we often come across the issue of the disproportionate power of a few art experts who will ignore anything contradicting their opinion. And I think it's very frustrating for art lovers to see their, their piece getting rejected by those experts, um, often based on, a, on an individual intuition or impression with little word of explanation. And then without the approval of that one expert, the art is almost uh, impossible to sell. So we are very committed to offer a practical, cost-effective tool by obviating the risks related to the transfer of a potential valuable artwork. 
but also an unbiased authentication, purely data-driven, with without any individual discretionary judgments. And our clients are usually happy to deal with a computer which shows no ego uh, in its decisions. And my impression is that uh, standards are being established and improved, and it is up to the market to ask uh, for adherence to standards. And more and more collectors uh, wish for objective methods to be applied. And they're asking for more proofs when they are buying, and even discussions are ongoing in the outward to create a better transparency on this market. Um, for example, uh, the uh, responsible art market uh, organization is regrouping art market professionals um, and they are working on increasing security on the art market. So, yeah, we really aim to contribute to this security goal by offering an objective uh, opinion fully driven by the AI analysis. There will be a link in the show notes to learn more about art recognition. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe on your preferred platform. And if you'd like to support more episodes like this, it would be much appreciated if you could leave a rating or review. You can also leave your comments online and tag Warfare of Art and Law podcast or email me at stephanie at warfareofartandlaw.com. And the podcast Patreon page has rewards for those interested at patreon.com forward slash warfare of art and law. Until next time, this is Stephanie Drotty bringing you Warfare of Art and Law. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. What are your plans for the second Saturday of this month? Perhaps consider joining in for a discussion about art, culture, and social issues. Hi everyone, it's Stephanie, and every second Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, I host the Second Saturday Art and Justice Gathering, an online call that explores a range of topics, from artists who might inspire to legal decisions that might infuriate, all with the aim of sparking dialogue about social justice and promoting creative thinking. If interested, please email me at stephanie at warfareofartandlaw.com.